Welcome back to the In the Trenches podcast, a podcast by youth pastors for youth pastors. We hope you're having a great day. Today we get to sit down with Elliot and Gary and do a little bit of a different style of a podcast, more of an interview to get to know Gary and Elliot a little bit better. We see them at camp, we see them at youth convention, but today we get to just really dive in and see who they are as youth pastors and just who they are as um, human beings. So I hope we hope you enjoy this and uh, here we go. We're going to jump right into it. What's going on, everybody? Hope you guys are having a great day. My name is Charlie, and today I get to sit down with the one and only Elliot. What's up? And Gary Garcia. Hey, hey. How you guys doing today? Well, uh, <laughs> funny you ask. On the drive over here, uh, me and Gary were riding together. Everything was fine. As soon as I parked at your church where we record this podcast, I got a blind spot, which is I get optical migraines. And so anyone who's listening who has that happen, you understand. If you don't, basically it's just uh, before the migraine headache sets in, which is like rough. Anybody who's like, oh, it's just a headache, man. I wouldn't wish a migraine on anybody, especially these optical kinds. Is it uh, The way I could compare it is like when a flash goes off or if you look in the sun, how it kind of messes with your vision for a little bit. That happens like unprompted and it usually lasts for about an hour so probably this whole podcast i'll be uh not seeing straight and sometimes if i don't catch it in time it can lead to uh like confusion mm. so if i start not making sense um yeah we'll cut you off don't yeah, worry just be very already i listen back to some of these or people text me and are like dude i can't believe what you said on the podcast <laughs> and i'm like i don't remember what i said on the podcast i'm just talking so this could get me canceled or fired so please Robert, help me out in case this goes south. But I was not going to let this stop us. We already drove all the way out here, and we've been trying to record this. And come on, if the enemy's trying to attack mm. this podcast, it must just mean that it's going to be a good one. Exactly, exactly. Mm. I know it's funny, like Elliot said, we, we, we've been trying to record a podcast just with both our, all three of our schedules being so different sometimes. And so we're finally able to do this, and I'm, I'm super stoked about it. But Gary, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I feel like both of us are coming in stumbling a bit. Yeah. With I, I had surgery a couple weeks ago, and I didn't really talk to a lot of you people about this just kind of some of the guys but just that they had found two tumors one on my rib cage and one right above it and so they had them removed but both are benign i'm not dying okay. but Praise i feel like God. later I, people are realizing oh those two guys are a hot mess They're, yeah they don't have it all together bro in the trenches there's a reason we called it the trenches and not like the you know tea party because it sucks sometimes and uh we're falling apart thank god gary rode with me because yeah. He's gonna drive me back. Yeah, uh, but I don't even know if we'll make it to youth convention next year. <laughs> <For real. laughs> we're gonna be host. in, we're gonna be in walkers and like bandages all over ourselves. Yeah, I know. Pray I, for us. It, it's funny that you guys mentioned both of that because today's like podcast. We're gonna sit down and really um, dive into who Gary and Elliot are. We see their dances at youth convention, which to me is still the most iconic thing we've done at youth what convention. What you don't know is they're dying. <laughs> <laughs> 
but we're going to um, be able to ask them a few questions and really get to know who they are. And hopefully um, from their story that really encourages everyone that's listening um, today with uh, their walk right now in with just with Christ. But secondly, their walk as youth pastors and youth leaders and how we can just really grow from their story. So I just want to open up and but we ask, how are you, Charlie? Like, we yeah, seen what you. what um, what illness are you facing? Because <laughs> obviously we all have something, right? I, like I want to like make something up, but I can't. Like I'm. You're supposed to fly. Maybe you shouldn't get on that yeah. plane. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for real. Yeah, as soon as did the herpes clear up or? Uh, <laughs> sorry, there we go. We're, that something's gonna get cut. <laughs> but no, yeah, I'm 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 doing good. Okay, um, good. Yeah. It was fun last. I'll, I'll share a, a fun experience. Last night we had youth. We record these on Thursday, and uh, we opened up the halter at the end of worship. And I said, "Oh, if there's anyone out there that wants to uh, wants prayer, we, we talked about feelings and emotions." Okay. And we do- got into this topic of like, if you want prayer for whatever you're feeling right now, you're feeling love, blah blah blah. And we went through the whole entire spiel. And I was like, on the count of three, I want you to come up, and we're gonna have leaders come around you and pray for you. I counted to three, no one came up. Nice. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing great. Well, that's probably. <laughs> It, it's hard to do an altar call right now because yeah. uh, of Newsome. <laughs> That's like a curse word in the Headley home. But uh, <laughs> Charlie's going to Texas today. He saw that they opened up 100%. He said, yee, yee, let's go. <laughs> and so, uh, but yeah, Newsome. Pack my hat, pack my boots. Do you not want people knowing that? I did. Is no. that a secret? What? That you're going to Texas. No. I think fine. people assume that's what you do on the weekends anyways. <laughs> but uh <laughs> I fly to Texas every week. But so it's already hard enough doing that, taking that risk. And then with COVID, it's just we're going to have to kind of retrain some of that. And But the kids oh, are hungry yeah. for it. Oh, yeah. Um, I think – and it's funny because last week we did a one night, and you guys – both of you guys did a one night last week. Yeah. And um, – certain elements that we added into our one night was like for them to come up to the front and it was so weird to see just how COVID and this is something we learned I feel like and you said it perfectly that how COVID just like trained our students almost like you sit behind your chair and that's yeah. like all you do so the first question I want to ask both of you guys is, is a question that I feel like everyone will get asked and that's how did you guys get saved like what was that moment what was that defining moment in your life that you accepted Christ um I was five and uh no seriously the first time i ever like prayed the sinner's prayer i was like in my dad's car we were driving somewhere and i probably like watched the veggie tales about it or something and then like i prayed the prayer and then from that point on i got resaved at every like camp or convention or what you know like yeah. i always was like i need i and i think i had a really jacked understanding of what it meant to be saved and like what sin was or even who god was mm. um and I would say, like, the first time it really became my own was, um, like, in 10th grade. It wasn't necessarily I had, like, this salvation call or, you know, like, I recommitted my life to Christ. But I had a decision moment where Gary and I have, like, traveled to different youth groups together. And we usually tell our testimony, let's do this. I'll tell you when Gary got saved. Oh, and then, okay. He could tell you when I got saved or, like, the moment. Do you want to do that or no? <laughs> No. <laughs> okay. Well, when I got saved, I was on a missions trip to Mexico, Shut and uh, <laughs> no, that's Gary's story. I want to try that. I think we could do it. We, I could totally tell Gary's story. I don't know that I could tell yours when you got saved. Well, just the story I tell. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what I'm about to say right now. You know what I'm gonna say. Let's G- try it. Here we a, go. Give me a hint. I was in tenth grade, and then I was like, I was like gonna go to a party, and then oh yeah, yeah. Gonna, you know, yeah, you with me? Okay, so I was. Gary Garcia and my parents, I was partying, you know, 
yeah drinking freaking rum all the time and just always was that was that a pirate <laughs> with girls i just pictured that's what you were drinking i didn't drink okay i'm a good ag boy but gary was you know he so was wait, on, are you, wait are you sharing gary's story right now or your story he was on the i'm sharing gary's story obviously he okay. was on the water polo team and you know how those water polo people be uh also just smoked like a chimney just non-stop which is so terrible for water polo like that's lung capacity i don't understand it but anyways that's his story that's where he was at that's what he was living in and then his parents he's still going to church doing what what we do you know playing the game pretending uh but he was all about that party life you know and then one spring break correct one spring break his uh parents was it your senior year or junior year senior senior okay close senior year spring break come on doesn't get any better than that his parents were like we're going out of town ding 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 we have a winner everything's coming up gary but his parents were getting smart and said you're going on a missions trip to mexico with the church with your youth group and he's like no i'm not yes i am no i'm not guess what he went on the missions trip had a kind of bad attitude about it wasn't really into it but then just kind of making the most of it having fun and there's one rule when you go to mexico do you know what that rule is well it's probably different in your house (laughs) but uh (laughs) um (laughs) the rule when you go to mexico is to not drink the water because of something known as montezuma's revenge it's, it, I worked at Knott's Berry Farm. This I was about is to say, that me like talking. Ride. Yeah, me talking. Elliot Bland. I worked at Knott's Berry Farm, and there's a ride called Montezuma's Revenge. But it's more than just a ride at Knott's Berry Farm. It's when uh, you poop water, basically, and so uh, it's diarrhea like you've never ever had. Uh, does this me talking like that does it give us like an explicit? I don't think so. No. What if I say? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, anyways. They're not drinking the water, but they go out to dinner one night and they have ice in their coat and they're like chomping. the. It's hot, right? It's yeah. spring break. So they're chomping the ice, eating it, not realizing what is ice made of, Charlie? Water. You're right. And uh, so you're eating the ice that night, the next day, dude, Montezuma's Revenge comes with a vengeance. Gary's pooping like he's never pooped before. <laughs> At one point, he finds himself <laughs> laying. Exposing lay, Gary right he now. tells this part of the story. <laughs> At one point, he finds himself laying on the dirty bathroom floor where all these boys have been sharing the bathroom, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, But he was laying on it because it was linoleum. linoleum nice li- and cold. Lin- linoleum? Nice and cold, yeah. Yes. You can't say it either. That's why you're saying nice and cold. Exactly. So he's laying on that just to find some relief. Um, so then the next day, the pastor is saying, we're going to drive people back over the border to kind of go to the doctor, get some antibiotics, whatever. And they're kind of going through the list. Who wants to go? Who wants to go? Who wants to go? And Gary's kind of finding He's feeling good in the moment, right? He's just like, I went poop. I think I'm good. Like, I, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. And so they're like, okay. So they take all the kids who are still feeling like death, and they're driving away, and Gary can still picture the moment where that church van turned the last corner. He saw <laughs> it leaving, and his opportunity left, and it was like, boom, Montezuma returned, worse than it did before. And so they, they had to go do some mission stuff on the trip, and they left Gary at the compound where they were at. 
and he just had like he's like got a blanket over him. He just he's been a mess for a while, you know. So he's got the blanket around him, and he finds himself kind of wandering into the the sanctuary, the church area of where they were staying, and he was by himself. And it was the first moment that he'd ever been in a church by himself. Really, he'd grown up in church. His parents were involved in church and everything. This is the first time he was kind of there, and he's looking around at, you know, all the stuff and the pews. And he had a moment where he basically surrendered to God finally and said, man, if this is if this is what you have for me, then he all, everything he'd been doing was playing through his head. I forgot about that part. Everything he'd been doing was playing through his head like a reel. All the stupid decisions he's been making, the lies he's been telling. And it was all, it was like a revelation for him of I can't do this anymore. And so then everybody came back and Gary's like, guess what? Guess what? I gave my life to God. And they're like, dude, this guy's kind of tripping worse than we thought. I think this <laughs> happened. At, you know, there's like a neurological level of this Montezuma's revenge. But he said, no, 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 it's it's for real. And then that night or the night after or that night, that night they were supposed to have a service and uh but the pastor wasn't going to be back in time. And so the pastor's wife was saying, we're not going to have service like pastor so-and-so is not going to make it. And Gary just newly saved like his life's been changed. He's all excited about it. He's like, we got to have service. We got to let him know about Jesus. And he's like, you know what? I'll preach. This dude's been saved for two minutes. And he's <laughs> saying, I'll preach. And he preached the sermon. And 3000 people were saved that day. <laughs> um, oh, wait, that's Peter. But no, that's Gary's. Story and I mean his life was never the same after that. Wow! So I, before you said like, Gary and then one day at camp he met this one young, passionate young man named Elliot Bland, who changed his life. <laughs> you changed Gary's life. That was a part of his testimony too. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. When you were talking about Gary and being like having to use the restroom, I thought Gary like got saved like one of those memes where it's like you're on the toilet and you're giving your life to Jesus yeah. to make everything go away. I felt that, bro. <laughs> I might feel that later once his medicine kicks in. I never go into that much detail because, like, <laughs> yeah, that's and true. I was throwing up too. I wasn't just the; it was coming out of both sides. Yeah, I'm. I, I like Elliot's uh, version of uh, Gary's testimony. So, yeah. Gary, why don't you? I'm go nervous ahead? about Gary because I, I know the elements of my story. He'll probably focus on. <laughs> Well, uh, you went you went pretty in on uh, his. I know story. most of his. I'll just fill in the blanks of what I. Oh gosh. <laughs> but Elliot Elliot grew up in church. Like his dad is a pastor, so he came out of the womb with like hands lifted up and mm-hmm. um, speaking in tongues. And so uh, he grew up in church and uh, was always part of everything at church and and kind of a church kid. And and as he got into like right before junior high, he started kind of gaining weight a little bit. Got a little por- <laughs> got a little portly and. <laughs> And so he got into uh, he'd gone to, to I believe the Christian school mm-hmm. most of his time, and finally his parents let him go to public school. But they didn't send him to the public school where all his friends were. They sent him to a public school that he didn't really know anybody. So nope. was that junior high or high school at that point? I was junior high. Junior high. So here he is, kind of a portly kid in <laughs> junior high, and uh, doesn't know anybody, and just kind of tries to make his way through. Ends up the the lunch ladies were his closest friends, and so he made friends with the lunch ladies. So he was that guy that just hung out with the lunch ladies, and like they knew him by name. They knew his love life and all these things. And he can go into more detail about his love life, and it involves vampires and all kinds of stuff. It's weird. It's true. Um, Twilight. He should do a series called Vampires and Lunch Ladies. (laughs) uh, Jeez, that's a great idea. And so uh, afterwards, I think uh, 
did you go back to the Christian school before you went to a public school mm -hmm. like everybody else? I went to the public school, but it was the district where my friends were. Okay, so, so. he switched public schools into high school where all his friends were. And so um, so he knew more people, started to slim out a bit, started to get growing a little taller, yeah. and, and you know, little Feliot was going to go away. Feliot. <laughs> Explain to the listeners what that is, Gary. Feliot is my name for young Elliot, for fat Elliot. Really quick, um, <laughs> I'm, you're doing a great job, but they need to know this. Whenever I'm telling a story with, like, our friends, you know, and I'm like, because I had a lot of trauma happen in junior high. <laughs> but I'll be talking about, and sometimes it's not even junior high, it's just my past. Whenever I talk about it, I'll be like, yeah, and so then this was happening and this was happening. And then Gary's like, well, at what point did you go to McDonald's? Because obviously <laughs> there was a point in the story. No. My, favorite, my favorite part is he'll tell us a story. He has a picture, I think, of when yeah. he was trying to get out of that and just wanted, I got to get into shape. He ordered a salad and yeah, his parents true. were all like shocked that he ordered a salad. And, and they're like, I can't believe you're ordering a salad. You're going to try to eat healthy. So they took a picture. Of it. It's like a salad loaded with half a gallon <laughs> of ranch dressing. It was Caesar salad, bro. <laughs> it's well, not the healthiest there. salad, but hey. <laughs> it was I, green, bro. It was yeah, lettuce. Hey, I give a little felly of props. Um, <laughs> So he goes to school where all his friends are. So now he knows everybody and kind of is with the in crowd and, and connecting with them. But um, at that point, I think that's when things kind of start to stir up. He's, he's having an opportunity. He's having an opportunity to go do things and talk to girls. And um, the, the paths are there for him to start to go down. And so he's, he's not wanting to, but he's also wanting to and, and uh, kind of gets to this place where he knows he's got to make a decision. And, and if he stays where he's at, there's a high chance that he's going to fall away or go down some of these paths. And so he makes the decision to go back to private school mm -hmm. and uh, his Christian private school. And that's when things really start to turn around. And I think a new trust was built with his parents at that point, too, because he could he was at a place spiritually where he was growing and, and thriving and in a good place. And he could say, hey, I'll go hang out with those guys. I can go to a party and not drink and, and not do those things. And so he really I think that's when it really kicked in and solidified that he's a follower of God and and still had steps to go before he was called to ministry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe. But that's where it really kind of turned around for him. And uh, he, he made those switches. That's Dude, how on. many best friends do you know? Like, people claim levels of friendship, and they're like, I know what your favorite show is, but who do you know that can tell each other's testimonies? That's like exactly what on. I would have said. Yeah, that, I mean, granted, we've done this at different places. Uh, I can do Charlie's. I was out on the rodeo, and then God met me like he's met Paul in Damascus <laughs> on the road, and I had blinded by it, and my horse went, yeah! <laughs> I was going to go ranch over rodeo, but that yeah. works. Yeah, it, it, it's funny because I, there's people that I've met that have never met me before, before this podcast. <laughs> and a lot of people are like, you're not as country as they make you seem. Wait a second, like. you're not racist. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm sitting here as you guys are sharing your stories, yeah. and I'm like, I don't know anybody that would know my story like that. Maybe Robert, just because I share it all the time in youth. Um, yeah. And there's like even certain students that like they would come up to me and be like, I can like share all your stories that you share. I'm like, well, did you get the main point out of it? No, but I can share your stories. I know share. Corey's. <laughs> Corey yeah. was uh, born addicted to drugs. Um, also, he got saved because he was high at school. And wanted pizza. Wanted pizza. At FCA. And that's about the depth of his Christianity to this day. I'm just kidding. No, he's uh, yeah. a great pastor. Corey's going to really be like, he's going to text me after this. Bro, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> I love you, Corey. Right now, though, I, I want to ask this question. We get to know you guys' testimony a little bit more. But um, I, I want to ask the question, what made you guys want to be a youth pastor? Yeah. Uh, I'll, we'll do our own now. <laughs> we okay. could We yeah. could do our own thing. 
That was fun, though. I've always wanted to do that. I didn't want to be a youth pastor. I didn't want to be a pastor, I guess is a better way to say it, because I, I'm not just, I didn't just grow up in church. I'm a pastor's kid. Yeah. And so I saw, like, the good, the bad, and the ugly of ministry. And, uh, and I, like, when you're real young, um, like, my parents have this, like, thing from when I was in, I don't know, kindergarten or something. It's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I wrote, everyone wants to be, well, not everyone, I guess, but a lot of little boys want to be like their dad. My dad was a worship pastor. And so I put, like, I want to be a singing pastor. Mm. Um, and so I just wanted to be like my dad. But then, and then I had all the old ladies in the church telling me, like, you're going to be a pastor just like your dad. And that's all cute. But it reached a certain level, probably like end of elementary, junior high-ish, where I was like, I don't want people telling me what I'm going to do with my life. Like, I want to figure it out. And uh, so I was really kind of against it. And I saw some hurt through it. So I avoided it for a long, long time. Uh, Not even just avoided it. It wasn't like I had this, like, deep, you know, calling in my, you know, I kept, it wasn't like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Samuel, where it's like, geez, God's calling him and Mm. he keeps going. Is that the right story? You can use any story pretty much. No, no, no. But literally he's like Samuel. And then he keeps getting out of bed and he's like, you, did you call me? And he's like, no. And he's like, Samuel. And he's like, was that you? And he's like, no. And it was God. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Wasn't it someone's like, like, uh, their servant? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, no, but it was Samuel when he was the servant of Elijah. Elijah? Yeah, I think so. I know the story you're talking about. Anyways, this isn't a Bible podcast. Uh, (laughs) More about me. Um, I, it wasn't like that, like that I was like, oh, I feel God calling and I'm running. I wasn't freaking Jonah. I was uh, just maybe wanting to be a, you know, history teacher, uh, police officer, firemen, like all that sort of stuff. I feel like a lot of youth pastors were on the verge of becoming police officers or firemen. Oh, yeah. I was definitely in that zone, too. In junior high, I wanted to be a history teacher. And then I'm like, oh, I'm not smart enough for that. So I'm like, let me pursue this route. And uh, and my parents were very supportive of what I was pursuing and what I was going after. And it was around that 10th grade era where I kind of refocused and made my faith my own. I don't think I necessarily wasn't saved, but I don't think I had a relationship with God. I like knew about God, but I didn't know him. And it was around that era too that I just like hung out with my youth pastor a ton. Yeah. Um, and especially around camps and stuff. I remember one camp, he put me in charge of the dodgeball team and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. I like administrated it. I gave us t-shirts, team names, like I was all about it. And I recruited people to come to camp. That was like the most kids we ever had to come to camp. Bankhead, a lot of you guys know Bank. He was it was like his last year to go to camp. And he, he says to this day, like, the only reason I went to that camp is just to get you to shut up and stop <laughs> texting me. And I was like, hey, that's still my that's my plan as a youth pastor. <laughs> just annoy people into it. Annoy people into Jesus. Yeah, that's our tagline. But uh, anyways, it was it wasn't like mystical my call to ministry it was like I realized what I was good at I realized what I was passionate about and I was like I could do this full-time like I was around my youth pastor I'm like this guy this guy gets paid to do this like this seems amazing and then at that camp I do I did have like a moment of like calling of just kind of accepting and so I was finally like you know what God I don't I didn't want to do ministry but I feel called to a specific type of youth ministry and I saw a lot of people too pursue youth ministry as a stepping stone Mm -hmm. you know it was like well i gotta be a youth pastor before i become a big pastor and it's like 
I was like, that's not it for me. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. That was in that camp was when I heard Gary at a uh, I hadn't seen Gary around and stuff. He'd always like give me muffins and, you know, baked goods or no, he didn't. But uh <laughs> it makes you fatter. <laughs> yeah. Like Hansel and Gretel. Uh No, but I I saw Gary around. I knew who he was. He's he was a legend even back then, right? Um that sounded like it wasn't that long ago, but like <laughs> he'd only had like 20 years at that point. Now he's like 29 years in youth ministry. But I'm saying like I saw the longevity that he had and that spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I went up to him and I'm like, hey, man, like I want to um, I want to do what you do. Like I want to be a youth pastor, not just for a little bit for a, I want to like I feel called to this forever and God could change it. But I still feel that to this day. Like I don't. You know, I work with my dad right now, and I have so many people come up and be like, "When are you gonna take the church?" Yeah. When you and I have no ambition, no passion, no inkling of that being the calling of what God has for me. And like, and that isn't just talk. Like, I'm yeah. not just like, "Oh yeah," like you know how like politicians are like, "I don't know if I'm gonna run for office," and you're like, yeah. "You're going to." That's that's not how I feel. I want to do that, and that's a part of what drew me to Gary. And uh, yeah, just leaning into that. S- all right, God, I'm called, but I'm specifically called to this area. Like, and obviously we're all called to like just grow the kingdom, you know, and like at the base level, that's what we're called to. But when we get into like the logistics of ministry, I don't I don't want to work in anything else except for youth ministry because I, I think what happened to me in 10th grade was powerful mm-hmm. and it saved me from a lot of heartache. I think I w- maybe would have ultimately w- wound up at the same destination but with a lot more baggage and a lot more hurt and pain. So that's why I'm passionate about junior hires and high schoolers. Cause I'm like, yo, if you could get this now, imagine how much, you know, better it's yeah. going to be for you, how much you're going to avoid, how much hurt and, pe- you know, yeah. you're, you're ultimately just accepting the inevitable. Um, but that's my call to ministry. Yeah, no, and I, I love what you were saying too, about just like camp in general and like how like at camp is like really where you felt that call. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so important and I think that's why we do camps and we 100%. do conventions because like those are those moments where we can see our students have those call to ministry, have those call to really just their purpose. Yeah. And I mean, that's where I got saved. That's where I felt the call of God to be a youth pastor. And I'm sure there's so many of you guys right now that are listening as well that have had that call of being a youth pastor, a youth leader at a camp or at a convention and that's just like a shameless plug right there it's like hey for convention for yeah. camps like let's get those students there because that's where god really can do a work on their lives um but gary what about you what was your um your call to ministry i mean i i we don't have any other pastors in our family like it, it's not something that was i would even on my radar and, mm. and even after i got saved when i was 17 i didn't think about that i helped out with the youth ministry and and like Elliot uh, had plans already, wanted to go into law enforcement, was already going to school, taking classes in, in criminal law classes and, and different things. And then um, and then the church kind of had this moment where there's a church split. And so the youth pastor and the worship leader left and the church asked if I'd take over and, and kind of just oversee the youth till they found somebody else. And um, that kind of kept church kind of kept declining and not going well. The youth group was doing well. And then um, the lead pastor um, resigned. And it was just me uh, just helping out at the youth group and the church secretary. So I was at nice. that point, I was leading Sundays and not really preaching. I was bringing other people in to preach and stuff. But um, so I, I, I was doing the job before I even had the calling. I had oh. no idea that you were like overseeing it like Sunday mm-hmm. mornings, yeah. too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was 19 and like, what the heck am I doing? Um, 
And so then, um, so the new pastor came and, and they, they kept me on and everything, but I was still doing the classes, still going to school and, and thinking this is the direction I was going to go. And then, um, I actually, uh, took the the test had passed the test to join the orange county sheriff's department and passed the test um all i had to do is pass the physical test for um uh, to go into the the academy and so it was right there that same i was supposed to do that on a saturday on friday i was taking some kids up to winter camp i was planning on taking them up to winter camp and then driving back down to do the test and then coming back up and getting them and, and so i drove to winter camp on that friday we had service that night it was just great service where just some cool things happened but um, it's it, there's been a couple of times where I felt like I've heard God almost audibly. Um, and this was one of them, probably the first time uh, where I just was standing in the back of the room watching all of our students up there, hands raised, just going for it at the response time, the other time. And just really felt in that moment, God saying, this is what I have for you. Mm. Follow, you know, follow my dreams, not your dreams. And it was just in that moment, like I just knew, like, yeah, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to be a youth pastor. It was never on my radar did not like speaking in front of people if you look at my early messages it's literally typed out word for word um and that's how i would do it and uh and so just it was just like that moment i knew i didn't even go down the hill and take the uh the mm. test for the academy i just made that decision that's awesome wow. that's yeah, that's powerful right there um i, I want to ask this question and we're kind of getting towards the end of this but i just want to ask the question um more so not personal but right now in your guys's youth ministries What's something that you guys are doing that you feel like is is great? It's great for your context. It's great for your groups. Um, maybe even something, and we talk about it a lot on the podcast, where it's like take other people's ideas. And yeah. I, I mean, I've taken ideas from both of you guys, and I've taken and them. Wyatt. And <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> you threw me off on that one. Sorry. But um, so I, I just want to ask that question for our listeners. Like, what is something in youth ministry right now that you feel um, you guys are doing that's like flourishing? Yep. Yeah, I just had a talk with uh, a youth pastor this week about like the logistics of what we're doing, which is funny because me and Gary both are like vision guys. Mm -hmm. We're not great like administrators. I feel like Charlie, that's one thing you're way better at that I've noticed. Like one of the best youth pastors I've seen just in like making things happen and being organized. And I think we got to push ourselves because that's important to do. Um. But it's funny for someone to be calling me and be like, what are you guys doing? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm able to actually tell them something and not <laughs> just be like, well, it just kind of happens. But um, recently I've kind of I've talked about this on the podcast, but like really focusing on discipleship as like the the heart of what we're doing in youth ministry and uh, kind of experimenting with a new format of like, do we have to do the same thing every week for youth? You know, um, and I've seen like bigger churches do this format where it's like they do a big one night at the end of the month but then the rest of the month is small group focused and they'll do it in like homes and stuff and they do it more out of a different need and I was thinking what if we did the same thing not because a big church is doing it but would it work for a, a smaller local church and for other reasons number one we don't have the resource to do a great service every week like it just is it was pulling too much on my team to ask them to do all these things to produce excellence in service and it and it wasn't producing the results I was wanting and so we launched it different where we do small groups most of the month and the last Tuesday of the month is one night and recently we really got focused on small groups and even at this conference me and Gary went to uh, there's this thing called feed 
mm-hmm. uh, Feed Youth Ministries or something like that. Yeah. A completely free resource because I we launched it this in February and March with like five different small groups that are um, specific. They're different topics. One's about biblical literacy. One's about temptation. One's about relationships. One's about uh, James, the book of James, and then one's about mental health. So very different. And the kids got to register and pick which group they wanted to be in. Um, and most of them are co-ed. Two of them, I think, one's girls only, one's boys only. But still, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Usually it's like junior high boys, you're all together. So I, I switched it up, and it's like the momentum it gave, even in our last one night, was amazing. Mm. But I was, like, looking at the longevity of doing that, and I'm like, oh, man, we got to create, like, curriculum every week, you know, yeah. every eight weeks. Like, how am I going to? And then it was, like, right at the right moment I found this thing, Feed, which I had not really heard about before. But it's basically just completely free resource small group curriculum and i know download youth ministry also has some of that as well so it was just a really huge weight off my shoulders and kind of just a um confirmation we're doing things the right way but it's been going really well and for any youth pastors out there who maybe for some of the same reason not trying to be like the bigger churches because i could care less about that do what works for your context and there's some people like like even you guys that i tell this to this won't work for what you're doing because what you have going right now works really well. But there's a lot of youth pastors who I think were in the same boat that I was in where we feel forced into a box of doing service a certain way because it's how everyone else does it. Yeah. And I'm telling you, you can be create. What's the mission? What's the goal? And for us, this is working great, like super well. And so I'm super excited about it. Yeah, dude, I, I, if you don't follow Edge Youth on um, Instagram, I encourage you to do so. Because, dude, I love what you're, I'm assuming yeah. da- Daisy's making da- these graphics. My, my youngest sister, Daisy, yeah, she does her graphics. These graphics that they're using right now for um, to promote these small groups. I looked at them, I'm like, man, these are so, like, these are brilliant. Yeah. Like, it, it made me, like, entice, like, I want to know what this class, in a sense, it's like a class kind of, but. It's like a, it's similar to a breakout at um, camp or convention. Yeah. But it's, there's longevity to it. So it's like, that's how we were kind of wanting it to be, like, where you get to see, you get a taste of what it's like, but also small groups for us are not just a tool of discipleship, it's a a tool of community and yeah. so and that's working well too it's just been great and i'm excited about it um so yeah it's been really good that's dope that's dope what about you gary it's so funny that you mentioned feed i'm literally just sitting here looking it up on really my, on my, <laughs> at the, web, the website because we uh, we we both saw it at the same place and uh, the guy who's putting it together is a guy named joseph kellogg and, and he's uh it's a great kind of thing and we actually i have uh, amy my wife going through it to kind of um see it and, and dissect it a bit and because uh, i think we're gonna i'd like to use it and then understand it and then yeah. get other youth ministries especially in our network to to just get into this because it's all about uh, discipleship mm-hmm. and getting students into the word it's feed.bible i think is the website but um i don't know all of the i there's yeah, to know about we, it yet but we'll i encourage put it in, guys we're kind of yeah we're it's funny, me and Gary did not even talk about this at all. You're not going to believe it, but uh, we didn't. And uh, But both of us walked away, I think, from the conference being like, wow, this is cool. And again, yeah, we. but it's people we, we know. Like some of them we already have a relationship with. Like Terry Parkman is a mm. part of the team. Um, and that's what I like about it too yeah. is it's run a lot of the team that they use to develop this are youth pastors. Yeah, so nice. it's not just – people being like this is what the students need to hear about and it's like dude you don't know it's yeah. youth pastors that are like 
this is what we're doing in our group and they just have more resource and i am sick of pretending like i gotta reinvent the wheel i'm totally in a season of just like bro if it's out there download youth ministries i'm gonna use it feed I'm going to use it. Like, whatever I find yeah. that can resource me to do the best thing I can, I'm going to use it. We're going to dig through it and really uh, discover how to the best use it and how youth groups and especially our network can use it. But we'll put the link in the podcast thing. But we'll also, like, get in touch with us with Elliot and I because as soon as we understand it, we want to share it and get it in other people's hands too. And it's free. Yeah. Like, Download Youth Ministry is amazing, and it's worth getting a subscription for Do It. Like, uh, But that's what I loved about Feed, especially in this season of, I realized too, we really have to pronunciate because like someone listening to this might be hearing us say, man, that's what I love about feet. I was looking up feet <laughs> on the internet the other day uh, and it's that not feet. could get me fired. But uh, feed uh, with a D, like yeah. they, uh, they're amazing and they are free, dude. In the, yeah. in the season of COVID where your budget got stripped, like this is so amazing to go to your pastor and be yeah. like, can we use this? How much is going to cost? Yeah. Nothing. But we'll, okay, be, cool. we'll be finding more about it, and I'm going to try to get these guys to come out to our Youth Pastors yeah. Refresher in September and, and do some training with it as well. But for our youth group, um, we really run our youth group as a team. Um, so while I might have the title of Youth Pastor, can I tell you, we have a team of, of youth pastors that are really doing the, the day-to-day stuff um, with it. So um, we have a junior high pastor named Noah. We have a high school pastor uh, named Joey and, and Joey's putting together what we're calling Youth Academy mm. and it's this uh, great thing it, it's it's what a lot of st- youth groups are doing it's student leadership but yeah. we don't want to have it called student leadership because we really want them to um, get the idea of they're not leaders they're servants mm. and and that's how you know to be a true leader you have to be a servant and so um, we're kind of just scratching the surface of that and what they're doing and they're coming early and they're serving and well, some of the stuff that they're learning, if they're learning sound, if they're learning up front, if they're learning um, any of those different things, we're translating those into Sunday. And so we're seeing more of our students that are learning sound, learning visuals, learning cameras. Um, they're doing it on Tuesdays, but now we're getting them in the loop of doing that on Sundays. So I think the other morning we had like four students either one was on worship, one was on a camera, one was on visual, all serving on a Sunday morning. And, and some of these students don't have families in the church, which has always yeah. been our goal is not to not to grow. My goal in youth ministry is not to grow a big youth service. My goal is to get our students to Sundays. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like Gary does that really well. Like that's yeah. the one thing, even just interning with them is like, I'm like, man, I got to figure out how to get in that sweet spot of like, he's all like, like every youth ministry, he loses leaders like we all do, um, but he is always in this zone of like training up the next generation to be leaders and to be a part of it. And uh, yeah, dude, he's leading the church now and definitely creating this like Google type vibe there where it's like teams and it's pretty cool. Even the way they do staff, all of us pastors who have to go to like our staff meetings. My church actually, I don't mind it too bad. Ours aren't super long, but I've heard from other youth pastors. They're like, dude, it's all day. And yeah. I just have to listen to all these things I don't want to hear about. Uh, but it's a cool vibe. He's but, the Steve Jobs of youth but I'm ministry. Still, I'm still in, in you. I'm still like technically the youth pastor. Everyone keeps yeah. asking yeah. me, so man, what's it like not being youth pastor anymore? I am still very much a youth yeah. pastor. The adult ministry is my side hustle. Right. Uh, <laughs> like lead pastor is my side hustle. We had a talk about this, Gary and I. I know we're getting to the end of this because you got to fly to God's country. But uh, <laughs> we um, <laughs> uh, 
we were talking when he became the lead pastor just about, you know, like, because the way that mo- the, and I feel like it goes back to what I was saying earlier, where it's just knowing your context, knowing the way that God designed you and what he's calling you to do. And obviously, like, at the base level, all of us are doing the same thing. We're building the kingdom. We're yeah. making disciples. Like, but how we do that doesn't have to look exactly the same. Um, and so we were talking about this just as friends, like, early on of, like, man, what I've seen happen, though, is the, you know, guys either become lead pastors at their church, they go plant, whatever, and then they just either immediately or slowly but surely work their way out of youth ministry. And just talking about the dynamic of, like, is it time? Like, am yeah. I, any, you know, just sort of, like, am I holding on to something that I should be letting go of? And what we were talking about, just Gary and I, especially with Gary, is, like, to borrow a phrase from our students is just, like, I think you're just built different, you know, Mm -hmm. like God has placed a special anointing and like mantle of youth ministry on you that like you walk into rooms at conferences and people, you just say 29 years at the same church building something. And it's funny how people aren't like, well, what, what have your numbers been? Like that doesn't matter, bro. You could do 29 years at the same place and you've only ever had five kids show up. People still are like, that's special. That's powerful. And, uh, and it only comes from somebody who has a special calling towards youth ministry. And so I think that's what Gary's working in even now is like, yeah, he's leading the church, but I don't really see youth ministry ever being something that is not something he's a part of. And it's not being in this way of like, oh, I'm holding on to the glory days. He's not Uncle Rico talking about back in our day, youth ministry, we could throw footballs over mountains. He's like, He's actively passionate about what's happening currently, what us youth pastors are doing now, what his team with Joey and Noah are building. Like, And so I bring that up not just to like gas him up, but for people, again, listening to some of our story, it's supposed to help youth pastors and hopefully just help you know like God has called you. And maybe you're like Gary and you just hopped in youth ministry because there was an opening. But through that, you've realized like, dang, I'm called to this. Like yeah. my call and Gary's call, in Charlie's call, yeah, we have moments of like a camp or whatever, but the sky didn't open up for me. I didn't have, you know, like ultimately it was obedience that brought in the understanding of calling, walking in obedience, saying like Isaiah, here am I, send me, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, and so I think just be confident in that um, and be careful about comparing yourself. We don't tell our stories so that you're comparing yourself to us, yeah. but so that you hear yeah, we get to help with camps and conventions, and we love it, man. But we are just, at the end of the day, uh, three local youth pastors who are completely passionate about youth ministry, equipping the local church, and connecting with youth pastors. And exactly. uh, that's really what in the that's why we call this in the trenches because we're we're about it. Yeah. You know, we're still right there in the middle. I mean, we're yeah. still I'm still setting up chairs on Tuesday yep. nights. You know, I mean, it's it's dude. Weird. I just this week had to deal with, uh, you know, kids. It is the the logistics of youth ministry, pastoring in the way that and we came off our one night and then I hear about so-and-so sent nudes to so-and-so and I have to, you know, like that's the this. And then and I, I was quick to get discouraged because mm-hmm. we came off of such a great month of discipleship into one night. Our attendance at one night was great into this week dealing with that. But I've been in youth ministry not as long as Gary, but like six years at my spot to be able to recognize, oh, no, 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 this isn't a bad sign. This actually means 
we're probably doing something right. Yep. Like this is this is what it's about. This is why we're in this to to pastor these kids through this, to walk them through this mess. Um, but we still all have those moments. It's easy to go to a conference like we did and get all hyped about logistics and strategy, but then you come back and you hear about this kid that you thought was solid smoking weed and you know drinking at parties, and then this kid sending nudes to this kid, and it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, and I, I, I'm glad that you said that, and this is probably a perfect way to close this out. Um, if you're a youth pastor out there and you have students that are like that, that you're not doing anything wrong. I feel yeah. like you're doing something right. And you said that. And it's like we're reaching those lost students. Yeah. We're reaching those students that, first off, don't believe in Jesus, and they're coming to your youth group for a reason. And that's even something. Well, can I say, if you don't have any sinners coming to your youth group, mm. you're doing something wrong. Yeah. yeah. It, we pray, God, bring in the broken, bring in the hurting. And then it sounds good, but then they come in but they come in broken and hurting, how do you expect them to act? Of course they're going to try to vape yep. in the bathroom. Of course they're going to try to go to the mother's nursing room and, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. But, like, the, these kids are – and it's, it, it's not like that we should just allow it all to just happen. We should pastor. We should have boundaries. We should have leaders set up all over the place. But don't get discouraged because yeah. I think it's easy to be like, Hi, I'm failing. No, you're not. Like – and those kids continue to show up yep. because we have the answer they're looking for. Exactly. So. And even even relaying that to your leadership team, too, because we can get that from our leadership team where it's like, why are these kids doing this? We need to do something about it. And it's like, no, no, like this is a good thing. Yeah. You know, maybe not a good thing, but it is a good thing. At yeah, the end yeah, of the yeah. Day. It's not <laughs> a good thing. Your youth ministry sounds sick. Uh, <laughs> I come to Charlie's group. They think it's cool that you for do whatever you want. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's um, how you grow a youth ministry. You give them weed and drugs and all that stuff. Vape, yeah. it's like free air freshener. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. Oh, it Every smells like berries in the restaurant. <laughs> like cotton candy in here. We, who needs fog machines anymore? Um, <laughs> that's, that's a ministry point. for kids. <laughs> <laughs> this right, is, this really to... went off the rails. <laughs> like within seconds. Just, but, um, that's all it takes. Hey, that's all it takes. Well, guys, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Elliot, thank you for being here. I could see now. You can see now? Yeah. So throughout this whole podcast, I was blind, but now I see. <laughs> see, I but now my headache's gonna happen. I prayed for him right before that, so yeah, it took it's a while. Pop- took a while for <laughs> Gary's prayers. Just when just know when Gary prays, it's got it's gotta like warm up like That's a truck or something. That's true. That's true. I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. That's true. There you go. <laughs> I also took medicine, but yeah. Oh, as oh, we're sitting whatever. here talking about how we don't have everything together, yeah. <laughs> kind of a big deal. Uh, but that, Gary, thank you for being here. Yeah, of course. Um, and uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in and yeah. uh, listening today. What? You didn't say thank you to me. I did. You did. When? Like before. Hey, maybe you that medicine the last isn't working. Five minutes. I think I'm forgetting, dude. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Let's. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in today, and we will catch you on the next podcast. Yep. See Have ya. fun deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> <laughs>